Welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast. I'm Stacey West, and today I'm joined by Simon Clements, co-manager of the Lion Trust Sustainable Future Managed Fund and the Lion Trust Sustainable Future Global Growth Fund. Simon, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. So it's Good Money Week here in the UK. Uh, however, 2022 has been far from good for sustainable funds. We have higher inflation and rising interest rates. So this has meant that companies, uh, sustainable funds manage, uh, have invested in, have gone out of favor and have seen their share prices fall. Can you just explain briefly to our listeners what's been going on and why you remain confident about the long-term returns for these types of companies? Yeah, obviously a really good question. Um, I mean, I, th- I think we, I think we're all aware of um, you know the, the changes that have, that have kind of happened quite rapidly over 2022 in, in, in our economy after a period of you know a, a long period, probably more than a decade of kind of low inflation. Very low interest rate, very loose monetary policy. We've shifted to, you know, inflation being, you know, higher than it's been in in, in many a decade, and, and interest rates moving up very very quickly. So so that's been a bit a bit of a headwind for our style of investing. Um, the, the truth is, inflation in itself isn't. A headwind really at all, but there's a few other interrelating factors that really kind of have driven equity markets, and I'll, and I'll try to explain those. So, um, you know, the first is um, the fact that interest rates being higher because the type of companies we invest in are called they're kind of growth and quality. That's our kind of style. We tend to invest in high quality companies that that are also growing, and what that means is that the amount of goods and services that they're selling in the future is going to be greater than they are today. Okay, and you think about sustainable trends that we invest in. The, we think that's going to be a bigger part of the economy, and you know we obviously invest in companies that, 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 that display those features. And the reason that higher interest rates is a, is is a headwind for, for that type of company is because the way that you value any type of company, the framework for, for valuation companies is you take a future value of cash flows, cash flow streams off a business, and you discount that back at a discount rate. Okay, and the more of the value of the company that's further out in the future, the more sensitive they are to whatever that discount rate is. And the discount rate really works off kind of interest rates and, and bond yields, and both of which have, have moved up as interest rates have moved up. So, so that's been the first headwind. I mean, the second headwind is in the very short term in 2022, um, really the only parts of the equity market that have really performed really well, it's been a difficult period, have been really commodity-related or mostly commodity-related areas of the economy. And that's for obvious reasons. I mean, we've all seen what's happened to the price of oil, the price of gas, um, and we really don't invest in those types of the part of that, that part of the economy at all. We, we we avoid fossil fuels. We're looking for those kind of substitutes as as we decarbonize. So the fact that we're not in those parts, and you know, we've seen the gas price, how much it's risen. So the types of stocks we've been investing in have you know been slightly hurt by this kind of higher discount rate. But also, um, you know, we're not in areas of the economy that have benefited from these really rapid increases in in, in commodity prices. And the third reason. Um, is more kind of nuanced um, in, in that we're at a bit of a turning point um, in that we're moving from this low growth, low inflation type economy into a kind of, you know, a, a higher, higher, higher inflation, higher interest rate, whether it's higher growth, it doesn't look like it at the moment, but, but, Generally, at turning points, what what the, the the market does, and this is a feature that we've seen over decades, it tends to, um, you know, rotate out of areas of the, of the the market that have done really really well in the previous previous phase. 
okay, and tends to rotate it potentially into areas of the, um, the market that haven't done so well because they tend to be a lot cheaper. Okay, so that favors, favors value stocks. Now, you know, the, the, the question we ask ourselves is, are the companies we're investing in going to do any worse in the next Type of in this type of economy as we move forward than they are in the in, in the last and we don't believe that that's true at all. But in the short term, that's what the market does. It tends to rotate and slightly favour those that are that are really structurally challenged. And that's been a third factor. And putting the, all those together is, you know, it's ended up in a very difficult uh, 2022 year to date. And are you not concerned that the cost of living crisis, the war in Ukraine, tensions in China, etc., uh, will stall some of these structural trends that you've mentioned that you look at in the fund? Yeah, I mean, this is something that we, we, we've talked about a lot. And and when you kind of look at the kind of trends that we invest in, and when we, we, we look at, um, you know, the global economy, what we're trying to do is we're trying to invest in a world where we, we which is in it, which is cleaner and, and say cleaner and more efficient, healthier and safer. And, you know, w- when you look at actually, you know, what's going to happen coming out of um, what's happened with the war in Ukraine and um, the cost of living crisis, we, we think the things, sort of things we invest in are actually really, really well placed. Okay, and 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 let, let's let, let me try and explain that to you. So, um, any energy decarbonisation, um, you know, is is as important as as, as it is ever. Okay, we're still going to need to decarbonise as a global economy. We need, need still need to reduce the amount of carbon that we use, um, you know, to, to power our economy. On top of that. Um, a lot of the problems that have happened within, you know, Russia and Ukraine really is about kind of, you know, the way we source our energy and, you know, dependence on, you know, particularly on Russian fossil fuels, Russian gas, Russian oil. And I think it's, you know, you'd be fairly confident in saying in the future, we're going to look to diversify away from that dependence. Okay. Now, the best way to diversify away from fossil fuels, because fossil fuels, either you have them or you don't, is is renewable energy. Okay. There are obviously other ways, nuclear energy, um, etc. But really, the the long term way to really move yourself away is to move to renewable energy or increase renewable energy. Renewable energy, you say, the cost of living crisis. Renewable energy is the cheapest form of energy out there at the moment. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so and again, you don't need to have it doesn't matter how much resources you have, you know, within your physical um, borders with renewable energy, the technology is there. Okay, so we think there's going to be more demand for for renewable energy and probably the area that we're most positive and excited about is and it's a big part of our portfolios is energy efficiency. Okay, that's actually the biggest problem at the moment. What we need to do is we need to make our homes. We need to make our businesses more energy efficient, so we need less energy. Okay, and if and I think if we'd done that kind of a decade or two, two decades ago, we, we probably wouldn't have all these problems because you know that that gives you the the, the ability to not need as much um, fossil fuels. You don't need as much um, oil and gas at all. So, and also playing into that is things like you know the move towards things like electric vehicles, where you know you're not you're not dependent on oil anymore. You you, you can you can use all different forms of energy to, to to power your grid. So, again, while the short term reaction of the market is that commodity prices go up, the kind of second and third round effects, um, you know, we think you know tend to favour that shift away from. Um, for fossil fuels. And the truth is, every time we've had an oil crisis, it's led to a structural lower uh, movement in the oil price. It's happened every time. So, you know, there's a reason for that is because the oil price goes up, it incentivizes substitutes, 
and we, we invest in those substitutes um, and we think that that's going to happen again. And we tend to, to, to invest in companies that provide those substitutes. And you mentioned one of them there, but the sustainable future range focuses on three mega trends. You've got cleaner, healthier and safer. Um, so before we turn to each bucket in turn, maybe just quickly, why these three areas? What in particular um, do you and the team like about these three mega trends to kind of make them the, the focus of this range? Yeah, I think that you know we, we've we've been running out our um, our thematic process now for more than two decades, and I think you know what we've done is we have twenty different themes, and they're categorised into those three buckets. And what we, we we think we found, or what we think we 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 we're able to identify trends that are in place. Okay, they've the, the trends have to be in place. The trends also need to actually make the world more sustainable, and they need to kind of be be helping on this trend to a more sustainable world but also they need to um you know to to kind of meet up with you know investment ideas within the kind of you know you know equity markets and and, and corporate bond markets and, and things like that where, where we invest so that's really you know there are these themes but they are also themes by which we can invest and in, you know the money that we invest actually makes a difference and, and helps us on that movement to a, to a more sustainable world and you mentioned uh, energy efficiency, which I believe falls into that first bucket of cleaner um, resource efficiency. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that bucket and maybe an example if you have one? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first set of themes, are, as you say, it's, they're making the world cleaner or more efficient. Um, and really the, the, the thought that, you know, the way we think about that is that, again, the, the global economy aggregate demand tends to grow pretty much every year it grows and you know to power that aggregate demand we need to to you know lean on a, a, a set amount of resources so in order to grow with a, with actually less resources or the same or less resources and increase that output you need to be more efficient you need to do more with less and really we're looking for um, you know technologies and innovations that allow us to do that and a good example is a company called PTC. Um, and a lot of these innovations kind of play into um, you know, parts of the economy that um, whereby the technology is 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 not um, is more nascent. It tends not to be adapted to, to the same degree. And PTC is a good example because it, it it really caters for um, kind of large scale manufacturing clients. Okay, and what what it is it's software technology that helps you design, helps you manage your product lifecycle. Um, in a way that um, allows you to reduce the amount of resources that you use, okay? And they also have technologies around things like um, Internet of Things. So that's allowing you to understand, um, understand you know, how efficient different parts of your factory floor are and trying to work out areas that, that might need replacing or areas that may be slowing down, um, you know, you, your entire process. And that Obviously, you know it becomes you know a resource drain across the entire business where you might need, might need to just you know main you know put some maintenance on on, on one part of your um, your factory floor. So PDC is a technology that helps manufacturing industrial clients really become more efficient and particularly more energy and resource efficient. Great. And then the next bucket is healthier, something that is obviously relevant and probably talked about the most in the last few years but um could you just talk us through this area a bit more is healthier simply these healthcare pharmaceutical names or do you have things like you know healthier eating um and, and different nuances within this theme 
Yeah, so, so the, the, the group of themes that we have within this healthier bucket, really, it's about the way we think about it. We think that economies need to improve your quality of life. Okay, that's why we all participate in an economy because it makes our life better. Okay. And so healthier means an improvement in the quality of life. And that might mean health in terms of your physical health. Um, and really, we, we tend to focus on um, either two areas within healthcare, innovation or um, accessibility and affordability. So, you know, again, providing, you know, innovations that allow us to meet unmet medical needs or taking what innovations we have and, you know, making sure they're available to the widest range of people. Okay. But we also have in their healthy living, we have uh, what's called sustainable leisure, which is about mental health, improving, you know, our mental health, which is really, really important. That's our newest theme. Um, so, you know, the quality of education is another play in there, kind of improving quality of life. Education is really important for that. So it's about improving your quality of life and leading a happier, healthier lifestyle, which, you know, we think is really important to think about, about what, a, what a, a more sustainable, the, the economy of the future. This is what we're trying to invest in, companies that make this economy of the future. And we want it to be, we think it should be, and we think it will be kind of healthier and, 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 and improve and see an improvement in quality of life. And do you just have an example for us about that kind of quality of life um, aspect within yeah. the fund? So this is a reasonably new name, uh, a company called Massimo. So Massimo um, do pulse oximetries. So pulse oximetry is when you go to hospital and you have that little you know, that little thing on your finger. And it basically, uh, it's a little infrared light that reads how much oxygen you have in your blood. So really, really important. It's, it's actually mandated across um, all intensive care units in the US. They're, they're moving that product across to the general ward. It's really important. You know, the, you know, it alerts a doctor if your if your blood oxygen um, is falling. So help, you know, helps the doctor there. And it's basically taking that technology. It tends to dominate in that technology and moving it First of all, into um, into the home. So now they have actually have the really interesting. They have um, developing technologies whereby instead of when you've had your um, operation, instead of having to sit around in the hospital for weeks, which everybody hates, the doctors hate it, the hospitals hate it, and the patients hate it most of all. And you're always at risk of, of getting you know an infection, these nasty infections. So actually, they allow you to go home, and, and what happens is that the doctor can remote remotely monitor your blood oxygen, but also other factors. They have, they actually have a, a set of headphones that are attached to this machine. And if your blood oxygen drops below a certain level, the doctor can talk straight straight to you. So again, really, and they're also taking, so that's the first area of innovation. They're also taking their innovation um, into wearables, things like, I've got one here, but they're, they're, they're taking their technology. So, um, you know, again, moving into, you know, areas like the Apple Watch. And again, they have the best technology to, to, to read um, things like your blood oxygen. So really exciting company. And really, we think is improving kind of innovation, um, you know, within the healthcare setting. That's really interesting. Um, so your final bucket is the greater safety and resilience. So a, a safer uh, world. Uh, what what are you looking for in this theme exactly? And again, if there's a company that that highlights this bucket for the listeners. Yeah, again, the, the, the third element or group of themes is, is what we call safer and more resilient. And again, it's, it's, as it suggests, we're looking for companies that make the, the economy more resilient, better able to absorb shocks. Um, and again, a really important one coming out of particularly the global financial crisis, but you know, you know, now as relevant as ever. And really when we think about safety and resilience, we, we you know, a lot of it, we look at things like, you know, online security is a big part of what we invest in. So safety in the digital world, um, you know, a, a, a more secure, safer 
you know, banking system, you know, things like, you know, insurance that's set up, um, you know, to, to protect people and to provide safety nets into a kind of an increasingly um, difficult world, particularly related to climate change. Um, and another one, which I'll give the example from, which is kind of, you know, making sure that supply chains and, and um, processes are, um, you know, work effectively and, and the goods and services that we get in front of us that we eat or we drink, um, you know, don't have, you know, nasty contaminants or things that they shouldn't have. And a good example is another relatively new company. One thing that's good about what's happened in 2022, and it's been a difficult year, is that a lot of the companies we love have, have really, you know, taken a pretty, um, you know, a pretty sizable valuation downgrade. Um, and that's good for us, particularly when we're looking at new companies. So one that we've been looking at for a few years that we were very happy to to get invested in it's a company called Agilent Technologies. And Agilent has um, what's called, they, they, they dominate in the area of mass spectrometry and liquid chromatography. And what that does is it, it really, it's a testing system. So it really ensures that um, what we, the air we breathe, so it tests for air quality, um, the food we eat and the water we drink is safe from contaminants. Um, and they're really the kind of, you know, the, the leader in that, that, that area, um, particularly um, some, some areas within chromatography. And, and they actually have, so that's about two thirds of business and they've got um, a really exciting business, uh, which we love as well, which really fits into, partly fits into another theme, which um, around innovation, whereby they're really providing the, the kits, the picks and shovels, if you like, for gene therapy and, and you know, emerging areas within our medical technology. So think about, you know, the, the, the COVID vaccine was in, you know, mRNA vaccine, that's a kind of new area where they're kind of, you're taking a gene and you're editing and you're rejecting it back in or you're rejecting the protein to, to, to interfere with, with that. Um, so they do you know, all the testing, all, all that kind of new age testing kit. And that's a really exciting area. You know, they're not one of the people developing the vaccines or developing the therapies, but they're the ones providing the kit um, to allow them to do that, which is a great place to be. You know, Mark Twain said, you know, with the gold rush, don't invest in anybody with the gold, just invest in the people providing the picks and shovels. And that's the way we like to think about areas like that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and just to wrap up and, uh, you know, maybe you've mentioned throughout when we were talking about the three buckets, and obviously there's kind of sub themes um, and there's quite a few that fall under these three uh, mega trends, but just to wrap up, is there anything on the horizon, any emerging trends where you think actually this could become a fourth mega trend uh, in the future? Or are you looking at them from a, these are subgroups um, within the buckets we already have? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So, so when you really think about um, what the themes and the the, the kind of the, the themes and the kind of big, we, we could think about as, as kind of twenty themes and, and three categories of themes. But you know, you could think about themes and themes, the categories as themes and the themes as sub themes. And really, they're structural in nature. So, we just don't expect them to change very often. We're, we're constantly looking at them. We're constantly working on them. The last time we put a theme in was, as I said, the encouraging sustainable leisure, which is really about we'd, we'd looked at you know physical well-being as an important part of a higher better quality of life and we, we wanted to focus a bit more on mental well-being which we think is really important and we put that in in 2020 and we haven't put another that's just one theme it's not a category so you know it would well whilst never say never um you know we think that you know within our 20 themes and the, th and the three categories uh that we were really encourage uh, encapsulating you know everything 
you know, at the moment that we think structurally in terms of those trends within the economy. Um, we definitely would expect to add a theme or, or what you'd call a sub-theme, um, but it'd be, I think it was unlikely that we'd add another category, but you never say never. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. That's been very interesting and a very um, illustrative look at the portfolio through all of the different buckets and what you're looking at. Um, so thank you very much for taking us through uh, the range and explaining it in a bit more detail and joining us today. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you very much for asking me on. If you'd like to learn more about the Lion Trust Sustainable Future Managed Fund or the Lion Trust Sustainable Future Global Growth Fund, please visit fundcaliber.com. And while you're there, please remember to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only.